Well, the title of this message on this Good Friday is Keep On Running. We're going to be basing ourselves tonight in Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll read verse 1 to 2 together. This is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Over the last three weeks, I've started doing something that I haven't done for a very long time. I've started running again. I used to love running when I was uh, in my late teenage years. I used to do a lot of 5Ks and used to go out a lot. I used to play football a lot. So I used to love running. I was involved in a lot of sports. But over time, you know, life got in the way. And my love for food and my love for chilling and just watching TV and staying in overtook my love for running. However, recently, I got a little bit convicted. I got convicted, first of all, when I actually read the Bible. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 8, as I was reading my, doing my daily devotions, it says that the physical exercise is good, but spiritual exercise is better. And you know, I thought to myself, well, spiritually, I'm okay. Spiritually, I'm fit, and I, I know God. I'm growing in my relationship with God. But the physical exercise, it says, is good also. And I thought, yeah, you know, physically, maybe not so much. I felt a little bit convicted by God. And also, I felt convicted as I plunked myself onto the weighing scales and seeing the weight that I was, I thought, right, it's time that I start getting fit and healthy again. I haven't run properly for about 10 years, actually, it's probably just a bit over 10 years. So I knew that I'd have to ease my way into this if I'm going to start running again. So I decided to do a little bit of research to see if there was an app out there that could help me get back into running. And I did manage to find one. It was the NHS app, the Couch to 5K I'm sure some of you have heard of this. This was released during lockdown to help people get fit and healthy those as we were staying in during that time. But, you know, I decided to download this because I'd heard that it was quite good. It was a good way and good introduction to getting back to running again. So I had a look at the Couch to 5K app. It's a free app and they've got a great exercise plan on there. And they also have some guy coaching you to help you run in with you in your earphones. So, so I thought, right, I'm going to give this a go. Now, the plan is that you run three times a week, which isn't too, too bad. And the exercise lasts, the running lasts for about 40 minutes in total. You begin with a five-minute walk, warm-up walk, and then you begin to run. You run for 60 seconds, and then you walk for 90 seconds. And you repeat this seven times. It's the seven times interval. And, and then after you've completed that, then you have a five-minute cool-down walk. And as I said, there's this professional coach in your years encouraging you along the way, giving you some tips and telling you when it's time to start running again and when it's time to stop. And so I thought, right, I'm going to give this a go. And I actually began it three weeks ago. And so that, that first Monday came, you know, the diet always begins on a Monday, exercise always begins on a Monday. So I thought, right, it's time to go. So I got ready. On that Monday, I put my trainers on. I was ready to, go, ready to go. I got my dog, Charlie, ready. And I thought, to be honest with you, I thought, oh, this is going to be pretty easy. You know, this should be no problem at all. I'm a 
28 year old man i'm physically you know i'm okay apart from just being a bit unhealthy but i thought even though i haven't exercised for 10 years i thought it can't be that bad so i set out for uh, this exercise i began my brisk walk with charlie by my side my warm-up walk and i got to the the start of the country park where i live and then i heard the the coach on this app he said in his scottish a scottish accent are you ready and then he said three two, one, go. And there I went, off I went. I heard him say it. So off I went and I began my first 60 second run. Now I wish, I wish I could stand here tonight and tell you that I completed that first 60 seconds without any issues, without any struggles, without any difficulties. But because I'm a pastor, I think I should tell you the truth. And following that first 60 seconds, my legs were on fire. My thighs hadn't felt that sort of pain for a long, long time. My legs were burning. Sweat was dripping down from my forehead and I couldn't take another step. I was done. I had seriously underestimated how unfit and how unhealthy I was. I had underestimated how difficult this challenge was going to be. And if I'm being honest with you tonight, I was ready to pack it in. This first 60 seconds wore me out. Running for 60 seconds, I went too quickly anyway. It was like a bullet of a gate. I was too enthusiastic and I thought, I've done it. I'm done for. There is no way that I can keep doing this. I'm going to pack it in. You know, I thought it was harder than it was and uh, than it, you know, that I thought it was. And I thought, I'm never going to be able to accomplish this. But then I heard that voice inside of my head. It wasn't God. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. But I just heard a voice inside my head saying, Luke, if you want to lose weight, if you want to get fit and healthy, then you've got to press through this. You've got to endure this. You've got to get through this. You've got to get it done. Now, the, the 90 second walking time quickly was over. And then I heard that Scottish voice again on the app saying, are you ready? And I thought the only thing I'm ready for is to strangle you, mate. There is no way that I am ready for this. Next thing you know, he comes on again, three, two, one, go. And that was it. And, and I thought, right, I've got to do it. I'm not going to turn away now. I've got to lose this weight. I want to get fit and healthy. So I've got to do it. So I began running again. Now I'd like to say that the second 60 seconds was easier, but the struggle was real. It was an awful lot harder. I was sweating even more. I was just exhausted. The pain and agony that I felt in my body, I haven't felt for a very long time. But you know, I pressed through. I did it and I can stand here confidently today and say I did it. I completed that run and you know, it was one of the hardest things that I've done for a long, long time. But you know, the joy I felt at achieving my goal was just so worth it. It was so worth it going through all that pain, going through that struggle, passing that finish line thinking, yes, I've done it. I've completed my first run. It was amazing. You know, the guy on the app, he was congratulating me. Well done. You've fantastically done it. You know, I give myself a pat on the back. I thought, yes, you've done it, Luke. I felt over the moon. The pain was worth it. To endure, it was worth it. And, you know, I'm pleased to say I've kept it up. I've done every run each week and it's been difficult. I did repeat that first week. I'm not going to lie because I wasn't very happy. I did repeat it the second week. But, you know, it's getting harder and harder each time. You know, you've got to run for longer and the challenge is to run quicker as well so that eventually you will be able to run 5K. And I'm hoping by the time June comes, I'll be able to run my first 5K in a very long time. And I'm looking forward to that. 
My brother Nat has even challenged me to a race to see if we can both do it. And, and I'm looking forward to that. But you know, the pain was unbelievable at first, but the struggle was worth it. It was, it was great and I'm so pleased and I'm excited to do it now. I push myself to do it. Why? Because I want to achieve that goal. You know, the Bible says that life is a lot like a race. The Bible says that we are running through, uh, through life. It's like a race and we're all involved in it. Now, sometimes it's, life is a breeze, isn't it? Sometimes life is going great. Everything works out well for us. But just like it is with running, sometimes it can be a little bit more challenging. Life can be difficult on times. There can be obstacles and difficulties that can come our way and can make us feel like we can't take another step. We just can't go on. And, and maybe you are watching this tonight and maybe you feel like that. Life is just hard right now. The race of life is just so hard and you don't feel like you can take another step. Maybe the pain, the discouragement, the disappointments are just too much for you to handle right now. You know, we all face them from time to time. Those challenges, those difficulties, we're running this race of life is hard. You know, we, whether it's the, the bad news we receive from a doctor, the loss of a loved one, the end or the breakdown of a relationship, the loss of a job, failed exams, financial pressures, the grips of addiction, unachieved dreams. We all face disappointments. Life can be a struggle on times. It can be hard and there can be occasions where we feel like I don't want to take another step. There are times where we feel like giving up and packing in. And even in our life as followers of Jesus, even as Christians, sometimes we feel like I can't go on in this walk in knowing God. It's just too hard. Following Jesus isn't what I thought it'd be. It's hard. It's difficult. I thought that all this would go away, but it's just a challenge. It's just a struggle. Maybe you felt like that. Even in our Christian lives, it can be difficult. And you know, that's exactly how a group of Christians were feeling here in in the book of Hebrews that we read from at the beginning of this message, they were a group of, it was a Jewish group of people who had heard the good news about Jesus and they heard that Jesus died and rose again. And so they converted from Judaism to Christianity. They, they put their faith in Jesus. They were now followers of Jesus. However, because of this decision that these people had made, they were facing incredible persecution they were facing incredible pressures to turn away from following Jesus, to go back to the old way of life, to pick up their old Jewish traditions and religion instead of following Jesus. And they felt like giving up. They felt like turning back and felt like packing it in following Jesus. They felt like they couldn't take another step. But here we see in the book of Hebrews, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews, who, who some think was the Apostle Paul, but the truth is we don't really know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Whoever it was, we know that God inspired him. And we see here that, that the writer of Hebrews wants to encourage this group of Christians who felt like packing it in, who couldn't take another step in this life of faith, this race of faith. He wants to encourage them to keep on going. He encourages them to keep running the race, to keep moving forward in their Christian life, just like a runner on a track. And you know, he gives this this illustration here about racing and about running. And it was a really relevant illustration that he gave because athletics and running was very popular during those times in which this letter was written. It was popular because of the Romans and the Greeks who had introduced it. They introduced athletics, the games, the Olympics, and all these types of sports. So these Christians would have understood this illustration about this life of faith following Jesus being like a race and 
But we seek you, the, the writer of Hebrews, he wants to encourage these Christians. And he gives them three motivations to keep on going, to keep enduring, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, even when they're feeling pressure. And, you know, I believe that these three motivations are for us as well on this Good Friday. I believe that God wants to encourage us on this Good Friday, on the, the darkest day in human history, as we remember that when our Savior died, God wants to encourage us to keep on going, following him. And he wants to give three motivations. And, and the writer here of Hebrews gives three motivations. And we're going to look at them tonight. The first motivation he gives is to look around at the winners. Look at those who won the race. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the rate that God has set before us. Now in the chapter before in Hebrews chapter 11, we're introduced to this crowd of witnesses. We're introduced to these people. They're known as the heroes of the faith. You would have read about them in the Bible or if you haven't read the Bible, you would have heard about them in Sunday school or in school assembly. These great men and women of God who, who followed Jesus, who followed God and trusted God from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And here in Hebrews chapter 12, the, the writer, he mentions them again, again. And he says that we are surrounded by this great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now, when I read that, when I used to read it before, even growing up, I always thought that the, the, these heroes of the faith, they were actually now sitting back and they were watching us run this race. I always thought that, that I always imagined that they were sitting in some heavenly stadium, looking down on us, cheering us on, encouraging us to keep on going in our faith. However, when I began to study this passage of scripture, you know, the word witness here, it doesn't mean spectators. It doesn't mean that the, those who've gone before us, the greats of the faith, like David, Abraham, Joseph, all those, you know, the, the disciples, Peter, James, John, it doesn't mean that they are spectators now. They're looking down on us from heaven and watching us run this race. But our English word, martyr, it comes directly from this Greek word translated witness. In other words, these people are not witnessing or watching what we're doing. Rather, they are bearing witness to us, or in putting it in our terms today, they're showing us from their lives, from the example of their lives and how they lived, how when we run the race of God, that God will come through for us. God came through for, the, for them through their challenges, through their difficulties. And as we are surrounded by them, as they bear witness to that, then we are encouraged. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying here, that God bore witness to them, that God was faithful to them, that God brought them through. And now they are bearing witness to that, us as we look at their lives and remember their lives, we can be encouraged that just as God brought them through the challenges, God will bring us through the challenges. And God can bring you through whatever challenge you are facing today. And you know, as you begin to get to know these incredible men and women of faith who failed and who had difficulties and challenges, but believed in God and put their trust in God, we can see how they ran the race and how they won. They are divine mentors for you and me. If you need a mentor or a coach, Right now, the best ones are in the Bible. They still speak and encourage us today. We can learn from their lives and they'll show us how we can develop endurance 
and encouragement and keep us running in this race of life and this race of faith. So look at those who have won. Look at the winners. Secondly, the second motivation that the writer of Hebrews gives to these Christians, not only to look at those who've gone before, those great men and women of faith, but he says here, he challenges the, the believers here and challenges you and me to look at ourselves. Verse one again of Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You know, in the times in which this letter was written, athletes, they used to wear training weights to help them prepare for the events and to prepare for the races. They used to put weights around their necks to help them run and get stronger and stronger. And you know, some athletes still do this today, even military, they do this today. They put weights in rucksack, I'm sure you've seen them, and they run to get stronger and stronger. However, when it comes time for the race, when it comes time for them to participate in the race, the athletes back then and even today, they wouldn't use those weights, obviously, because those weights would slow them down. It would weigh them down. And you know, as I began to think about this, I felt God begin to challenge me and I want to share this challenge with you. What are the weights that are slowing you down in this race that you were running? What's slowing you down in life? What's hindering your spiritual progress or Maybe you're watching this tonight and I wonder what's stopping you from putting your faith in Jesus, coming to know Jesus or what's slowing you down in your walk with him? What's things that are pulling you away from God? What things need to be stripped off, taken off or or moved out of the way so that you can run this race and win the prize which God has for you? You know, the first and ultimately the main weight which we need to all get rid of is the weight of sin because sin leads to death as we even see with our savior as jesus bore the sin of the world it led to him dying on the cross for you and me and the writer here of hebrews says that sin weighs us down and you know we can get rid of that sin not be by being good people or doing good things ourselves by confessing it to jesus and asking jesus to forgive us he can take that sin off us that sin which so easily trips us up now it doesn't say here the writer doesn't say about specific sin He's just saying, get rid of all sin from your life. Repent of it. Turn away from it. Ask God to forgive you and God will forgive you. And you can know freedom and you can run that race and receive that prize. You won't have to be slowed down or trip up or bogged down. You can know freedom in your life. So he says here, secondly, second motivation is look at yourself. Don't let anything trip you up or slow you down. And finally, number three, the third motivation that the writer gives you to the Hebrews and to you and me to run this race of life is look at Jesus Christ. Verse two of Hebrews 12. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. As I've already said tonight, sometimes in life, it feels like we can't take another step. Even in our walk with the Lord, it feels like there's so much pressure, so much difficulty from the enemy and problems and things that we just can't take another step. We've reached our limit. But you know what keeps us going, what kept me going when I was running and what will keep us going is if we have a goal or if we have a purpose, a reason 
why we should run, a reason to run. That's what will keep us in go, going through the pain and through the difficulty. And the writer of Hebrews here says that our goal, our aim should be, as we run this race of life and run this race of faith, is to look at Jesus. It means that he is our goal, that he is our prize. It is looking to him. He is our purpose. We follow him. Now, to look here, it actually means to trust. Looking unto Jesus means trusting in Jesus. It means looking to him, trusting in him, that he'll save us from our sins, that he'll help us as well day by day. You know, trusting in Jesus, looking to Jesus, isn't a one-time decision. It isn't a one-time prayer that we prayed. But I found in my life, that is trusting in Jesus day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, second by second. It is trusting Jesus. That's what it means where he says, looking under Jesus. As we run this race of life, we need to look at him continually, trusting him, follow him continually. He's the purpose and the goal that keeps us motivated to carry on. You know, our Lord and our Savior, he endured far more than any of those heroes of the faith. Yes, they went through challenges and difficulties, but nothing like our God, which makes him, which makes Jesus the perfect example for you and I to follow. We are reminded of this today on this Good Friday, the darkest day in human history, where Jesus endured the cross. He didn't have to go to the cross. He shouldn't have gone to the cross because he did nothing wrong. He was without sin, yet he went to the cross for you and me. He took our sin upon himself. And he endured the cross. And this involved shame. This involved ridicule. It involved suffering. It involved agony. It involved betrayal, abandonment, rejection, and ultimately death. That's what it meant when Jesus endured the cross. On the cross, Jesus suffered and died for all of the sins for all of the world. He took on all the sins of all of the world. He endured that. He did that. And you might be wondering why. Why did he endure that? Well, the Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews says it was because of the joy awaiting him. You might be wondering what joy? Well, the three, there's three joys that Jesus had. This is the reason why he endured all that pain, all that suffering. It was because of this. Number one, the joy of completing his father's will and mission. That's why he came to fulfill his father's mission. Secondly, the joy of his resurrection and victory over sin, over Satan, and over death. He knew that was coming, so that's why he endured. And number three, ultimately, the joy of knowing that you and I would be his once again. He did it because of his love for us so that we could be reconciled to him. Hebrews 12 verse 2 in the Passion Translation says this, We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who burst faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. It was his joy in reconciling you and me and lost humanity to God. It was making that way possible where you and I couldn't do anything to make ourselves right with God. But Jesus did it. He took our place. He stood in the gap for you and me. He bore our sin so that to whosoever, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, so all of us could know him and be reconciled to our God. That's why he endured all that pain and that suffering. 
because he knew that it was because of that that he'd make that way possible. We can know him and have a relationship, have a friendship with him, be reconciled to him. John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. As we come to a conclusion of this Good Friday message, you know, in life, there's going to be great pain. There's going to be great hardships, obstacles, difficulties, disappointments, discouragements. You know, all the men and women of the Bible, they all experienced that. And even our Savior did as well. And right now, you might be going through a challenging time and you're wondering, even tonight, does God know about this? Does God know about this struggle and this pain? And does he even care about this? You know, if anyone understands abandonment, if anyone understands betrayal, if anyone understands suffering, then it's Jesus Christ. He knows exactly what it's like that you are going through. He knows far better than anybody else and he cares far more than anyone else as well. And you know, just as Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him, we can also endure as well because of the joy set before you and me. Jesus suffered and endured all that agony and all that pain because of his great love for you and me. And we can endure no matter what comes our way because of Jesus' great love for you and me, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is our example, but also he's our enabler as well. He'll help us as well every step of the way. He'll cheer us on. He's with us. He won't leave us or forsake us. He's with you every step of the way. And we can look to him for help. We can look to him and his example as we run this race of life. And you know, if we endure to the end, then we'll hear the greatest words of all from our Saviour. Matthew 25, 23. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate together. You know, the encouragement for you and me on this Good Friday, Friday as we look to Jesus and all that he's done for us on the cross, is to keep on running. Keep on running for Jesus because Jesus ran his race for you and for me. Amen.